0: to the book of Acts and just open it to Acts chapter 1, put, or, put your hand, your finger right there in Acts 1. Thank you, Pastor Young. Thank you very much. That's thoughtful of you. We are in this series called The Spirit-Filled Church. ready. would you all say that out loud with me? The Spirit-filled, the Spirit-Filled Church. And our goal as we walk through this series is twofold. We want to learn what this meant so that we can live what this means. Very, very good. And this weekend, this weekend is Pentecost Sunday. Here it is, Pentecost Sunday. This is a holiday, a holy day. You know, most of our holidays are church-related. They come from the church calendar, Christmas and Easter. And Pentecost is also a holiday. Now, there's not a lot of Hallmark cards Happy Pentecost. Not a lot of yard signs. I was going to say there's not a lot of Pentecost parties, but you know there is. You just came to one. Come on, somebody. Uh, 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 And when it comes to Pentecost, we want to learn what that meant so that we can live what that means we want this to be that. When it comes to the presence and power and influence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, I am far more interested in substance than I am statements. People have codified statements with regard to the person and work of the Holy Spirit they have whole systematic statements I love that given my whole life to the study of statements and the organizing of things and doctrine I certainly love good doctrine certainly don't like bad doctrine but I'm not content for like for just to settle for doctrine people have all kinds of backgrounds there's there's reform people there's Baptist people there's there's uh there's Pentecostal people, there's uh, classical Pentecostal, neoclina Pentecostal, charismatic, third wave, latter rain. There's all kinds of things. <laughs> do Don do not this is not the time to tempt me with slow- thrown softballs <laughs> okay, Dr. Zev said, "What are we? We're right. He just threw that at me. It's your fault. But here's that led me on to my next sentence, and this is in my notes. I am not content to be right. We want results. We want results. We want to live in the full promise of Pentecost. Here's what we want to emphasize this morning, as simply as I can, this Pentecost Sunday. Let, me, let us emphasize, let us celebrate, let us commit ourselves to yielding afresh to this truth. Jesus came to give us the Holy Spirit. Could you all say that sentence out loud? It's right there, so it's easy. Let's try it. Jesus came to give us the Holy Spirit. What do we mean by that? Well, it's really simple. Number one, Jesus is introduced as the giver of the Spirit in every gospel. Four gospels. Every time Jesus is introduced, he is introduced a, in a singular and specific way as the one who came to give us the Spirit. He has not perhaps often recognized or celebrated as, as the one who chiefly came to give us the spirit. We might think that with the nature of the, all of the studies and the theologies and paperbacks and everything else, we might think that he was introduced as the one who came to tell us cool stories. I am thankful for the parables of Jesus. We might even think that he was introduced, hey, this guy tells good stories, he's a great teacher, and boy, are you going to love his fish. how is he introduced? How is his ministry primarily characterized? Let's look at it together. Matthew chapter 3, verse uh, 11. John the Baptist is speaking, and he says, "...as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals." He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John says, I will baptize you in? Now, in case you don't know, me pausing and making a weird head bob and doing my hands, that means you talk. Okay? Okay? So John says, I. In? And one who is coming, and he will. Baptize. In you the? very good okay so that's what he says in Matthew well what about okay that's interesting what about Mark Mark chapter 1 verses 7 and 8 as he was preaching John the Baptist and saying after me is coming one who is mightier than I I I'm not fit to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals I baptized you with but he will baptize you with the wow Luke chapter 3 verse 16 John answered and said to them all as for me I baptize you with but one who is coming who is mightier than I, and I'm not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will, by the way, thongs go on sandals, but he will baptize you with a... the There's the synoptics. There's, a, there's this, this phrase over and over again. John says, I baptize with water. He will baptize you. It'll be the same kind of activity, but it'll be an entirely different substance. Ooh. But what about John? John, the the Apostle John writing, now this is the Apostle John writing the words of John the Baptist. Everybody say John the Baptist. John the Baptist. It's It's as if his ministry is characterized by a baptism. It's as if John's ministry is characterized by the baptism he came to bring. That's interesting. Okay. John 1, I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize. Why was John sent? To, to? Said to me, he upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is the one who baptizes in the Spirit. John said, I didn't even recognize him. There was nothing about his external appearance. We weren't old pals, even though they were related. I didn't recognize him. He wasn't wearing a name tag. There's only one way that I recognize who Jesus is. There's only one way that I recognize Jesus, he said. The one. He was the one the Holy Spirit descended and remained upon. And the one who sent me said, the one what you see happen to him, he'll do for others. What you see happen to him is what he came to give. He is the one who will baptized in the Holy Spirit it's almost like Jesus ministry is characterized by the baptism he came to give John's ministry is characterized by a baptism he came he is characterized by water you know what if I how his name is we call him John the as if he came to do that, and as, as his ministry is, is characterized by the baptism he came to bring. And if you and I said, you know what? I like that John. I like that John feller. I like his words. I like his preaching. Boy, does he stick it to them Romans. <laughs> Fight the power. <laughs> Fight the man, John. Get it. Love that. Oh, boy, and he sticks it to every. In fact, John sticks it to everybody. He calls people snakes.
1: I love that guy.
0: Big fan, but you know what? Ah, the water's not for me. Big fan of everything that he does, but the water, not so much. If I miss the water, I miss John's ministry. He who sent me to baptize in water. If I miss the water, if I miss John's baptism, I miss John's ministry. If I miss John's baptism, I miss John's ministry john said i came to baptize in water but there was one after me whose ministry will be characterized by the spirit he too has a baptism and we must not miss his we must not miss his but the good news is this jesus promises the baptism in the holy he promises. Somebody say promise. You've opened your Bibles to the book of Acts, right there in Acts 1. Jesus promises the Spirit to his disciples. Look at Acts 1, verses 4 and 5. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. Wait for the promise. There's, there is no, you do not earn a promise. You do not achieve a promise. You do not even really deserve a promise. You receive it. A promise is something that begins in, as an idea of someone else. A promise comes from the idea of someone else. A promise originates in the heart of another person and then is given toward you. And Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's idea He is God's gift, and He comes as an expression of God's heart to you. The Holy Spirit is not a reward for your good behavior. He is the source of your good behavior. The Holy Spirit does not come to you because you are good. He comes to make you good. He is God's promise. He said, the promise of the Father, Jesus said, which you have heard of me speak about. We've heard Jesus teach about this. They knew that Jesus said, another helper, alas parakletos, another helper, the Holy Spirit would come who would be in their midst and do in their midst and in their lives everything that he himself would do. He would be their teacher and their guide and their peace and their comfort and their strength and their sanctifier and their empowerer. All of these things, the Holy Spirit would be to them everything that Jesus was and more those are the words of jesus he said for and then jesus says it again second to the last time we read this phrase so to help them understand you will receive the promise well what promise he said well john baptized with water but you will be baptized with the holy spirit not many days from now this is the promise to be baptized in the spirit what does baptize mean the word is baptismo. Somebody say baptismo. It's baptismo, and it's a, it's a Greek word. And, it, and it, 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 it's a, the word, well, it means several things. But if I were to take this, this what's that? No, it's a coffee filter. But uh, if I were to take this coffee filter, this perfectly white filter, and I were to dip it into a bowl of dye, of red dye. And I dipped it in there and I kept submerging it and submerging it and dipping it in there. And till, well, I would do that until eventually all the colors of the dye would seep into the filter and the filter would take on the color and the character of that dye. If I did that, then the coffee filter would have been baptized. It would have been immersed in something so as to take on the nature and the quality of that thing wow baptized is the same word they use for ships when they sink now that sounds sad especially for eric that would be sad but it, but so baptized doesn't mean well you're sunk It means the same thing. When a ship sinks, it is fully submerged and overwhelmed by the substance it has sunk in. And that is to be baptized. I have been fully submerged and fully whelmed by this. One more meaning that sometimes is helpful is this. When you take a cucumber and you place it inside oils and seasoning and leave it in there it becomes a pickle (laughs) it has been uh, when a cucumber for a cucumber to become a pickle it needs to be and you know what once that thing becomes a pickle it'll never be a cucumber again It'll never taste like a cucumber again. It'll never taste the same. Once it's been pickled, it'll never be the same again. That's what it means to be. And Jesus promises his disciples they will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Pickled by the Spirit of God. Some of you could use some pickling. (laughs) Listen, I'm first in line. I'll push you out of the way. I have done it. (laughs) It's all true story. He promises they'll be baptized. He promises his disciples also that they will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. They will receive power. Power for what? Yes, power to be. Someone say be. Now, he describes the, the purpose of the power with a noun and not a verb doesn't say you're going to receive power to go do certain things only, but power to become a thing. You will be my witnesses. Anybody can go witnessing, put on a shirt, pass out a track, and then come home and live like hell. You can stand on a pulpit. You can stand on a street corner and shout. But if you go home... And live like hell, you're not a witness. You just went witnessing. Jesus has no desire to give us the Holy Spirit to make us go do some things for a. He doesn't want to. The Holy Spirit does not come for a compartment of our life, He comes to saturate and to influence the entirety of our lives to be his witness so that the entirety of my life becomes a testimony to the lordship and the reign of Jesus Christ. Power to live like Jesus and live for Jesus. Power to live like Jesus and for Jesus. Witnesses. The disciples first received the Spirit at Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost had come. Now one person, and I, I don't have the time. I can't take the time each time to go through all of the nuances. But one person at the last break said, hey, I noticed when you read the Bible, it said the day of Pentecost. Like how can, like he was confused. Like why did they call it the day of Pentecost if it was the first day of Pentecost that ever happened? I said, because he said, was that already a thing? I said, yeah, it was, a, it was a Jewish holiday. It's really cool. We'll talk about that another time. But when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled, someone say filled, filled. the whole house. Someone say the whole house. the whole house. Filled the whole house. Come on, say it again. The they filled the whole house. They, everybody in the house got the same thing. Filled the whole house. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one. Somebody say each one. And they were all filled. Someone say it again, all filled? All filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody there, filled with the Holy Spirit. There were no denominational segregations in the upper room. Oh, this now this group over here, yeah, no, and then this, there what, they didn't split up. Everybody in the room got the same Holy Ghost. Don't get offended by this, but listen, everybody in the upper room that day was a Pentecostal. It was the day of Pentecost, for crying out loud. Everybody was a Pentecostal. I'm not saying they all had tambourines and flags, but they all were Pentecostal. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: hey, what do you mean? Yeah, it said they were all filled with the Spirit. Yep. I thought Jesus said they're going to be baptized. Yes. Baptized is, is a synonym. Baptism is a, is a metaphor. When The only time that the words baptism in the Spirit is used is in contrast with, in comparison with baptism in water, so that we understand what is happening when we are filled with the Spirit. Someone say filled. Filled. To be baptized with the Spirit is to be filled with the Spirit. Being filled is a baptism. So when we read elsewhere in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, that's being filled. When the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us, that's being filled. When we receive the Spirit, that's being filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And to be filled, we remember, means to be filled up. To be filled up and to come under the influence. If to be filled with the Spirit means that the Holy Spirit takes up permanent and complete residence in our lives. And we yield, we come under His full influence. They were all filled with the Spirit and they all spoke in tongues. Did you go quiet? Yeah, they all spoke in tongues. Oh, well, but but only but only twenty percent of them. Not no, it's only some of them. That all of them. Someone say all of them. All of them spoke in tongues together. And this, for, the text tells us as we read further, we'll see that it was a language of prayer and praise. They were all together speaking unto God. In a, toward heaven in a heavenly language of prayer and praise to God. Peter will later call it even, he even calls it a prophetic expression. He said, in the last days says, God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh and they will prophesy that this was a spirit-supplied utterance and it was a, a language of prayer and praise and I'm so thankful for it. And, in, in the, and then what happens is time and again in the book of Acts, that it becomes the aha that when when people when the Holy Spirit comes upon a person or a group of persons, the aha for others is aha. They too have received the promise. The promise isn't tongues. The promise is the Holy Spirit. But the aha of the promise is this expression in this wonderful heavenly language. Now, about an hour ago on our YouTube channel, a little a little uh, short video. I don't know if it was twenty or thirty minutes. There's three parts to it, but it uh, it popped or it dropped. Austin loaded it onto our church YouTube, and it's just me saying, hey let's talk about tongues and I just spend a few more minutes talking about why we speak in tongues and why well, at least from the testimony expression why I do if you're if you're curious you can look at that you can upload that you can share it you can get thumbs down to it you can write mean comments on the thread whatever you want to do <laughs> but if you write mean comments I will delete you
1: <laughs>
0: hashtag insta The point is they were all filled with the spirit all filled with the same spirit and because of that they lived like and they lived for jesus by the power of that spirit now for the truth is this that being filled with the spirit is more than an experience it is our ongoing way of life as christians Galatians chapter 5 and verse 25 in the Living Bible says this. Since we are living now by the Spirit's power, I'm living by His power. I'm not just doing certain things by His power. I am living by His power. Somebody say that a lot, living by His power. power. I cannot emphasize that enough. We must not relegate the power of the Spirit to certain aspects of our life. Paul says since we are living By the Spirit's power, then let us follow his leading in every part of our life. The Holy Spirit is the fountainhead of our Christian life and experience. He is the source and the supply of all of our worship. He is the source and the supply of all of our ethics. Of all of our right believing and expression and all of our right doing, he is the source and supply. He is the source and the supply of our witness and our testimony and our proclamation. He is the source and the supply who governs all of our relationships. The Spirit-filled church is made up of Spirit-filled homes and Spirit-filled people. We live all of our life under his gracious influence. So it makes sense that Paul will say in Ephesians chapter 5 and 18 to be filled with the Spirit. Someone say, Be filled with the Spirit. Filled. That is not Paul's, it's not an invitation, it's not a suggestion from Paul. It's the Apostle Paul telling us what to do. He is telling us to be filled with the Spirit. But we know or we've heard that that's the, he's not saying it, let it happen one time. That phrase could sound something like this Be being continually filled with the Spirit. Or we could just say, to even easier, Be continually filled with the Spirit. Would you say that out loud with me? Be continually filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is not a one and done kind of a thing. It is is a living fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It is like wind in a sail. It is like an electrical current in a cord. It is like oil in a lamp. Be continually filled. We live receiving and relying upon that gracious, powerful influence of the Spirit. That is the promise of Pentecost. That is the Spirit-filled church. And we want this to be that. Do you want this to be that? Well, here's what I think we should do today. Number one, today, I think that we should give thanks for the promise of the Spirit. We should give thanks for the promise of the Spirit. And secondly, we should ask. If we are to be continually filled with the Spirit, then it matters not what your former experiences have been or have not been. All of us are in the place where we can and should ask. Jesus said, if you being evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? How much more? Does anybody want more? Does anybody want more? Can we just take a moment, stand together this morning and just begin to give thanks? Can we give the Lord thanks for the gift of His Spirit? Just take a few moments, please. Let's just give Him thanks all across this room in your own way. Give Him thanks. Give him thanks. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of your spirit. Thank you that your spirit is a promise. It's your idea. It comes from your generosity, your kindness to us. Thank you that your spirit is totally sufficient, totally overwhelmingly sufficient for us to live like and for Jesus. Thank you for the comfort and the strength and the peace, the power, the holiness, the grace that comes into our life because of your spirit. Thank you for the love of God that is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. And now friends, some of you may feel even particularly inspired this morning or pressed to ask to ask whether it's the first time or it's the 117th time you've asked. Can we ask together, Lord, fill us with your holy spirit again this morning. Maybe you want to lift your hands with me and just ask. Come on, in your own way, let's ask. Holy Spirit come. Lord, Would you fill us again today with your Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, come and fall upon us afresh this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Spirit of God.
1: Spirit of the living. Feel like
0: the Lord wants you to ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You might want someone to pray with you or for you. Lori and I are going to hang back here, and if you would like us to pray for you this morning, we'll stay right here. We invite you to come and join us at the front anytime. I need to dismiss you. I've gone a little bit long. I need to let you go. Head to the cafe, say hello to a new friend, forge the fires of old friendship. But if you'd like someone to pray with you this morning, for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, Lord, and I'll hang back and pray with you and for you. I'll invite my other prayer workers to come as well. If you'd like to pray, let's pray. Otherwise, the Lord bless you. Please listen to that chorus
1: again. father